I speak to you in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The books are straightened and the surfaces are dusted. The flowers arranged, the leaflets proofed and printed. The hospitality planned with crusts cut off the cucumber and pimento cheese sandwiches. The street cones for extra parking are placed out early. The busy bees of the entire hive working in concert with one another each team making lists, asking questions, putting a piece of the puzzle in place, stepping back to see if the big picture has come into focus yet, and stepping back in to discern and place the next piece. Some of you might recognize and remember these types of details that are tended to in preparation for a special event in the life of the church a baptism or confirmation, a wedding day or an ordination day. And some of you know that this is also the work of the community that embraces the task of providing a funeral service for someone when they have entered into the greater glory of God's love. For many in our parish, time and effort and energy and tasks over the past two weeks have contributed to the work of providing a funeral for our recently deceased former rector, retired bishop, and brother in Christ, Peter Lee. And yes, it was a service that would require extra hands, extra preparations, extra details and considerations than some of the other funerals that have been held within these walls. When a bishop dies, there can be protocols and additional parties invested in the gathering. And yet the funeral liturgy itself, the words that are recited and recognized when one attends the burial of a bishop, are the same words one hears when they attend the burial of a sexton or a housekeeper. We speak the same message of thanksgiving for a life given in service to the glory of God, in whatever realm and capacity that person was called to serve in. And we sing alleluias to the glory of God, who loves us into life, loves us into baptismal living, ministry, and discipleship, loves us into the greater glory of God when our earthly bodies are laid to rest. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. The saints amongst whom Bishop Lee is now buried are friends, neighbors, parishioners, fellow children of God. And for all of them, we speak the same prayers, thanksgivings, and alleluias. As one of the busy bees around here, I can tell you that having today's gospel reading about Martha and Mary buzzing around the back of my mind, gave special meaning and value to the busyness of the ministry we had the honor to provide the Lee family and the Episcopal Church at large. With any ministry of hospitality, whether your home, workplace, church, or otherwise, 
one can easily get bogged down in the details, which can quickly lead to anxiousness and ungraciousness towards others, especially those who don't recognize the amount of work it takes to provide a community gathering or event. And once that line has been crossed of resentment toward the tasks at hand, one might lose sight of the purpose of what was set out to be done in the first place. One might lose the guidance and commitment to loving one's neighbor through your actions that got you here in the first place. I'm not a person who's particularly prone to resentment, which is often how Martha's role in this story is taught to us, making her almost villainous as an evil stepsister in a Disney story. And perhaps like you, I've often been presented this story of Martha's calling out to Jesus in her time of overwhelm by the details of hosting, hearing Jesus chide her in her efforts to serve him. And in that presentation, I feel compassion for her. There are many tasks at hand. There is value in showing our love and care for one another through hospitality in times of need, in times of mourning, in times of joy and celebration. What often happens when this story is presented is that Martha and Mary are shown as opposite ends of a pendulum swing of good disciple and bad disciple, of attentive disciple and distracted disciple. But what I failed to see until a colleague shared their study of the Greek translation of this passage was that, in fact, some of the words being used for the work that Martha is engaged in, just like Mary's own work, is diakonian, the root word for the diaconate. Both Martha and Mary are engaged in ministry, Ministry being the call to serve, but in different ways. Also heard is the word distracted. That is one translation, but another way of translating that word would be burdened or disturbed. What this means is that Jesus recognizes and names the action and the learning that both of these women were focused on as works of ministry. Martha's anxiousness about the tasks she is performing are not being judged as meaningless or menial. Jesus calling out to her, Martha, Martha, is reminding her that her tasks, her ministry, is not more important than the task in ministry that Mary has chosen to pursue. Jesus does not gender the household tasks nor the task of learning at her teacher's feet. He does not push Mary away, and he does not tell Martha to mind the women's work. Jesus acknowledges and calms Martha in her work of service, without whose ministry of hospitality to his wily band of travelers, would have meant empty bowls and empty bellies. 
He reminds her that the work she is doing is meaningful, but not meant to overwhelm. Not meant to be done from a place that is resentful and hurting for lack of acknowledgement. And not meant to keep her and others from the ministry of listening, learning, and serving alongside of Jesus in the time that he was with them. Each form of ministry has value. Both Martha and Mary are active participants in meeting the needs of the community, caring for others in their time of rest and reconnection, and making time to pause and reflect are both acts of ministry. What your ministry looks like in preparation for a big event in your own family, in the life of the church, and in the ways you seek to serve your neighbor, the needs of the world that you are called to respond to, may look different from the ministry that your neighbor or your sister may be called into. It is valuable regardless of what it looks like if it serves God and serves your relationship with God through care for your neighbor. Let us remember the presence of God remains with each of us in our own callings, and not let our own anxiousness about others or ourselves keep us from receiving the gifts of God that have been given to us to use to the glory of God. Jesus recognized and valued the work of both of these disciples, even though their ministry looked different from one another. And the church recognizes and values the soul of each individual we walk with through life, ministry and community, and death, when we mark the moments of mission and the beauty and awe with which we send our saints in the making to rest amongst the communion of saints. Lesser Feasts and Fasts, our collection of saints recognized by the Episcopal Church, celebrates Martha and Mary on July 29th. In thanksgiving for their discipleship and the lessons we glean from them, I offer this the collect for their feast day. O God, Heavenly Father, your Son, Jesus Christ, enjoyed rest and refreshment in the home of Mary and Martha of Bethany. Give us the will to love you, open our hearts to hear you, and strengthen our hands to serve you in others for his sake, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at thechapelofthecross, and on Facebook and Twitter C-O-T-C, Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.